Welcome to Highlight Church. And uh, we're in a series entitled The Highly Unlikely, how uh, God specializes in calling the most unlikely people to do the most amazing things. Uh, back in summer of 2004, I was, um, I played AAU basketball. Anyone familiar with AAU? Okay, we got some retire, retirees in here, AAU legends. Um, yeah, 2004, I was about 17 years old, and uh, we had a summer league uh, that we were playing in, and we went 12-0 undefeated during the season, and that qualified us for the Disney Wide World of Sports. Any Disney Wide World of Sports uh, veterans in here? No? Oh, my God. Yes, 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 Disney Wide World of Sports. Um, so we, we got to the tournament for Disney Wide World of Sports, and I mean, you have teams coming from all over the world to play in, in this tournament, and so um, they called me the sharpshooter on our team, um, and it wasn't necessarily that I was our best player, but I was our best shooter, and so um, I averaged 15 points a game, and I, I led our team in scoring, and we ended up making it through the first round, second round, the semifinals, and we made it to the championship in our 17U division. And um, so we're, we're against another team that has been undefeated as well. They're 15-0, and 0 and we're 15-0. and 0, And they're from somewhere, I think it was somewhere in Washington State, which was really surprising. And so um, we're in the championship. Uh, first quarter, it's a tight game, man. We're going back and forth. End of the first quarter, we're up 22-20. Second quarter, tight game, tight game. We go into halftime, they're up 40 to 39. Uh, third quarter, uh, tight game, tight game. We end the third quarter and we are up um, 60 to 58. We're up by two points. And we enter into the fourth quarter and we're tight, it's tight, 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 tight. And uh, we get down to the last 30 seconds of the game. And the score is 79 to, to 80. They're on top, 79 to 80. They are on top, last 30 seconds of the game. There's no shot clock in high school uh, uh, basketball, so our team brings the ball down the court. I'm the shooting guard. Our point guard brings it down. Big man sets a screen for him. He goes around the screen. He drives down the middle of the lane, and guess who's wide open? It's me, the sharpshooter. I'm right here on the side. I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it. So our point guard, he drives. He goes around, and he kicks it out to me. And we're at about seven seconds right now. I get that sucker, and I line it up. I say, yeah, baby, about to get this trophy. And they say, you know, you got to release at the top of your jump. And it just felt so right. Just release that sucker, and it goes, and it goes, and it says, shoo, shoo. And, and we totally lose the championship. And I'm crying like a baby. And our team's like, come on, Josh, that was your shot, man. And I had a phenomenal game. I had like 25 points, five assists, eight rebounds. I was killing it. But I missed that final shot to seal the deal. It was a long season. It was a great season. But, you know, I missed the mark. I missed the mark. And I think many of us have missed the mark a lot of times in life. Um, be it that uh, we, we, we continue to, to fail test or um, we continue to do that thing that we say that we're not going to do. We continue to miss the mark. Um, 
we've lied in the past to somebody that we've loved or we've stolen something or um, some of us have experienced hardship in our relationships. Um, I believe a lot of us, if not all of us in here, miss the mark or we continue to miss the mark. But I am so glad that we serve a God who doesn't mind the fact that we miss the mark because he loves us. And that's why Jesus came. He died because we missed the mark, because we don't always get it perfect. He came and he gave his life and he hit the mark so that just, just because we missed the mark so that we don't have to continue to miss that mark. And so um, God seeks to use those who don't always get it right. In case you needed to know that, in case you needed some encouragement this morning, God always seeks to use those who don't or who doesn't get it right. And so today I want to bring a message to you entitled, The Mark Misser. The Mark Misser. The Mark Mister. I don't know about you, but this morning I need this message. I think the best messages flow from uh, pastors who actually live something out. They know that they're imperfect. They know that they need God's grace. They understand that they're broken. And uh, I believe that we can have a dialogue this morning. And this is not a lecture hall. I don't want to teach you some uh, theological premise that makes no sense to your life. I want to stand up here and say, hey, I'm with you. So I'm not preaching to you. I'm not preaching at you. I'm right there with you. Every day I miss the mark. As a matter of fact, I got a story about how I missed the mark yesterday. And it's going to be so funny because it's filled with some poop. And, uh, oh, man, I can't wait till we get to the end. Yeah, it's filled with poop. Hey, join me in Luke 5. <laughs> Luke chapter 5. I love you guys. You guys are phenomenal. Hey, superheroes, and give a hand clap for yourself for all your amazing serving. Yeah. Um, if it's not for you, we, we don't do this. Um, we, had a, we had an amazing team night last night. If you missed team night, we were at Coffee Republic there in Rockville. They allowed a few crazy Christians to crash the spot and shut the spot down for us. That place was packed, and it was phenomenal. So, um, hey, yeah, let's go to Luke chapter 5. Going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 6. And it says this here. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. I love this because uh, rabbis in this time often taught within the synagogue. They often taught within formal settings, um, or they would teach on the walk. They would teach on the walk. And it was, it, was, it was considered an honor to follow your teacher or your rabbi and to actually inhale his dust as he taught. It was symbolic of the fact that as you inhaled his dust, you inhaled uh, God's inspiration through his words. And so uh, Jesus is actually out here with a normal person. And uh, it says he's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 2, he noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, uh, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Um, this was at the end of their shift. Um, they were washing their nets, preparing for the next day. Number uh, Verse 3, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who's later going to become Peter. The name Simon means pebble. The name Peter means Petros, this rock. Uh, you may be a pebble when God meets you, but when God's done with you, you become a stone. So, oh boy, this is going to be a good morning. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. 
So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Now, rabbis don't do this. He's making himself at home with the normal person. He's just like, look, like I said, this is, we're on the same team. So I just, I'm going to sit down here for a second. You guys comfortable out there? Is this all right? All right. Get from the holy of holies and just get on down here with you. You know, I started out in Bible studies like this with three people. So this is, this is pretty normal for me. I'm going to get back up because I don't remember my notes here. But um, all right, enough buying time. Verse 4, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. I just told you they were done working. And he says, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets. I love it because this is the definition of faith. Genesis 12, 1 through 4, God comes to Abraham and he says, go and I'll show. We, we, we as human beings, we're guilty of wanting God to show us and then we go. Show me that you can be trusted, then I'll go. God works the opposite way around. He says, go, then I'll show. He says, so go out in the deep, let your nets catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Anybody been doing a lot of stuff on your own without the power and the presence of God in your life? It's quite frustrating. And he says this, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. I love it. You know, uh, Chris and I, uh, we were, well, my wife had just bought our, our kids a bunk bed um, this past Thursday. And so uh, from Ikea, any Ikea shoppers in the house? All right, Ikea shoppers. And, um, you know, Chris in his typical fashion, he's just always overly confident for no reason. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we pull it we pulled this sucker out. It's in like three or four huge boxes. And uh, we pull. hey, pause for the calls. I want to make a short announcement. Christmas is coming, and uh, as a church, we're going to be adopting a few families. So that's very exciting. We're going to make Christmas possible for families who otherwise wouldn't have Christmas. Also, um, stay tuned. Uh, we are slowly getting this mentorship program off the ground with Shady Grove Middle School. Um, as amazing as Montgomery County is, there are a lot of students in this county that are having issues at home. And uh, I would say in about three or four years, we want to be the go-to organization um, for mentorship. Um, so th those are just some exciting things coming. But anyway, so we pull out this, this bunk bed, and uh, Chris is super confident. Oh, man, this is super sin, super simple. This is cake, cakewalk. And so, um, you know, we, we see the nuts and the bolts and the screws, and Got this pole up, this pole, you know, lefty, loosey, righty, tidy. We're screwing it all in and all that stuff. I'm like, wow, Chris may be right. He's typically, we, we used to nickname Chris 80-20. So if you ever had a friend that knows it all and you come to find out that they were wrong, <laughs> it's like, I don't know how much I can trust this individual. So we said 80-20. So we take it, we take the grain of salt, we take the meat, we leave the bones. We got to a certain point in our uh, project, or at least Chris did, because I was watching. <laughs> and um, things got a bit difficult. 
um, we, we put up the frames, but then it was time to put in the, the skeleton for the mattresses to, to get in. And, and so we began to look at it, and Chris is like, oh, my, oh my gosh, what's, what's going on? And I'm like, what's wrong, Chris? He's like, do you have a Phillips head screwdriver? I said, no. He said, I'm going to have to go to the store and buy one. And I'm like, man, let me see this thing. You just told you you didn't know what you was talking about. I'm like, Jesus, this thing is difficult. <laughs> and so I said, let me text uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Marshall, my, my next-door neighbor. He's, he's a great guy. I text him, and you know, I go over to his house, and he gives me the electric Phillips head sh- screwdriver, not the, <laughs> the, bzz, the electric one. Now, when you're done, okay, you're done. Don't strip it. And so... Kristen, he goes and he leaves me because he has a creative meeting with Emma. And so it's left up to Kyra and I to get it done. And, and I mean, it's already 7 o'clock, and he's like, what time do the boys go to bed? I said, 7.30, Chris. Well, all right, wait, I'm going to go to the store. Chris, you have a meeting from 7 till 8. Well, how does this uh, match up? Anyway, so um, we, we get the tools, and we see that, okay, this thing is a lot more difficult than what we actually thought it was going to be. And uh, so we have our tools, we have all of our screws laid out, and would you know it, would you know it, that the manual was there? <laughs> <laughs> the manual. No way. The manual was there. And so we, and so we opened, you know, Kyra and I were on the floor. We opened the manual, and it has each tool and screw and bolt numbered and identified. Then you turn the pages of the manual. I'm not insulting your intelligence. I know you're all biblical scholars in here. You turn the page of the manual. Wow, that goes there. That goes there. If, if I don't do that, I'm going to continue to run into these issues. I know it is, Diana. And so my first point of encouragement today is imperfect people can do the impossible with God's instruction. Imperfect people, me, you and I, at least I think so, no Jesus juniors in the building, can do the impossible with God's instruction. And so what once was a a struggle or a source of confusion in our lives, what was once an impossibility in this situation has now become possible. Because we have the manual. So we see Simon Peter here. I want to call him by his future name because you're going to receive a new name when you get to heaven that God identifies you by now. Simon Peter, the rock, has been frustrated after a long shift all day, has been confused and upset. And Jesus, who the Bible says in John 1, Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He's not only the word of God, but he 
sows the word of God. He says, go out into the deep, let your nets down. And Peter says, okay, this is not my first time seeing you in action. The la- I've seen you around here before. I've seen you heal lives. I've seen you do miracles. I've seen you do the impossible. I think it may be smart if I follow your instruction. And he lets out in the deep and he gets the result of the instruction of God. This is the thing. A lot of us are looking for this instantaneous thing. God, open up heaven, drop down money, give me a healing, make this relationship right. Can I just encourage you that most of the miracles of God are incremental? They build. They're instantaneous. It's step one, step two, step three, step four, and then bam. It's year one, year two, year three, year four, and then bam. All it takes is one moment. But it takes years, months, weeks of faithfulness, trust, obedience, and expectation, and then bam, imperfect people can do the impossible with God's instruction. And so um, this says here, You know, I tend to mess up my own life, but I thank God for his word. This word, the word of God, talks more about finances than it does heaven and hell put together. So if you're strapped, you're living from check to check, you're struggling, the word of God has principles in it for your life. It starts with the tithe. I want to inform you on that. It starts with giving to God first so that he can bless the rest as you apply the principles of God. It has instructions for your relationships. It has instructions for the plan that God has for you. Psalm 119 says this, Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. The psalmist doesn't say, I'm going to read it and I'm going to feel good. And then I'm going to post the next quote two hours later. Then I'm going to feel good. No, he says, what I'm going to do here is I will obey your instruction. So I'm going to take what you've said and I'm just going to, I'm actually going to cast these nets on the side of the boat. Even though I've been casting these nets all day, but because you said it now, that means your blessing is on it. I'm going to do it because I'm going to get the results that only you can bring into my life. And so he goes on and he says this here. I will put them into practice with all of my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands. This is the key. You want to be happy? For that is where my happiness is found. I love when people say, man, I'm reading all these books. Uh, I got this book and 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 this book. You can make a song out of how many books people got. Look, there's only one book. There is only one book. There is only one book that if you follow it word for word, it's going to produce the impossible in your life. Jesus replied, Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, but, come on now, Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, but even more, blessed are all who hear the word and put it into practice. Because this woman was, she had, uh, Jesus had done a miracle, 
And this woman said, blessed is the mother who carried you and who gave you birth. He's like, yeah, my mom's good. But he said, look, let's focus. Blessed are all who hear the word and put it into practice. I love it because you know that your cooperation does not pay you for your knowledge. Your cooperation doesn't pay you for your PhD or your doctorate or your master's. They pay you for how you apply what you know. We receive the greatest blessings of God based upon how we apply the instruction of God in our lives. And so I just want to encourage you that no matter where you are, no matter how many times that you've missed the mark, once you begin to apply his instruction, you are not far from accomplishing the impossible in this earth and in your life. Luke 5, 7 through 9. Let's keep reading here. A shout for help brought their partners uh, in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. He said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Point point number two of encouragement is this. God is calling all mark missers. God is calling all mark missers. All mark missers. Now, Jesus has just performed a big time miracle. I've seen it happen in my life. I've actually, as a pastor, I've seen a lot of it happen in y'all's lives out there. And what it does is it causes Peter to fall to his knees with the, reali- with the realization that he is unworthy of the blessing of God. Has God ever done something good for you and you know you didn't deserve it? Has he ever done something good for you? You know you didn't deserve it. And he says this, I am a sinner. Pull the verse back up for me. I am a sinner. Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. Now, the word sin in the Greek is an archery term, and it means to miss the mark. So it means, you know, I'm I'm aiming for here, and I end up shooting here. What Peter is saying is that all my life, I've missed the mark. I think the danger in our world today is that we may be dealing with a generation, the millennials, par se, and the ones that are coming up after us. We may be dealing with a generation that's numb to the realization that we are sinners and that only God is good and we need the grace and the love of God in our lives. And it's our sin that keeps us separated from everything that God has for us. And so Peter is saying this here. He's saying, look, I recognize I'm broken. I'm not a perfect man, but for whatever reason, you still choose to bless me. You still choose to be in my presence. You still choose to draw near to me. And this is the key for Peter, his realization and his, his coming to the, to the understanding that I need God in my life. But he also realizes that he doesn't deserve God. I've missed the mark too many times to deserve your goodness and your presence. As a pastor, I can relate. I can relate. Before I gave my life to Jesus at 19, I missed the mark. After I gave my life to Jesus at 19, a week later, I missed the mark. 
Yesterday, I missed the mark with my wife. Two years ago, I missed the mark. When we launched this church on October 16, 2016, I did something that missed the mark. But, but for whatever reason, Jesus' love and his goodness is still present. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Romans 3.23 says this, for everyone has, here we, here we go, missed the mark. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Calling all mark missers, every human being. I was explaining to some gentlemen the other day that uh, when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit and committed the first sin, we began to inherit what was called a sin nature. Meaning that when we came out of the womb, we were born at a disadvantage. We were born missing the mark of God's glorious standard. What is the glorious standard? The glorious standard of God is your Old Testament. From Genesis to Malachi, the law and the prophets. There are over 612 prophets there. Some more general and broad than others some more specific for Israel, but at any rate, we miss them all because the Bible says that if you offend one of the laws, you've offend all of the laws. I mean, there's a law in there that says you can't wear silk and cotton. There's a law in there that says you can't get the corners of your head trimmed. What? God, I'll check you later. I can't get a perm. I can't get my nails done. I can't get my feet done. I don't know about this God thing. But the truth of the matter is, is that we've all missed the mark. And so Romans 5, 8 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us why we were missing that mark. I need you to praise God right in through there. Somewhere right in through there where you missed the mark, that's where God died for you. I love it. But can I ask you a question? How big is your butt? Hopefully it's real big. And come on now, get out the gutter. You know I'm not talking about nothing crazy. I'm talking about but the fact that you missed the mark. Jesus Christ came and died for your sin. Then Romans 5, 1, 2 says this. It says, therefore, since we have been made right with God, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God by faith, by faith. Jesus even says, no, Peter says, I'm sorry, in the book of Peter, he says, more blessed are those whom believe and whom have not seen Jesus. The mere fact that you trust that this man some 2,000 years ago lived a perfect life, fulfilled all of the law, he was the law in the flesh, came and died for you. The fact that you believe in this God, that qualifies you to have peace with God. There's no beef between you and God. And a lot of you are walking around today with a lot of condemnation. And you believe that the season you're in is judgment from the hand of God. It's not. It's just life, baby. 
It's called living in a broken world. The fact of the matter is, and this is the spiritual truth, is that you can come to your heavenly father anytime you so please. And you can be confident based upon the book of Philippians written by the apostle Paul. You can be confident that you're going to receive the help that you need in your time and struggle, in your time of struggle. You have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Not anything you've done. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says that, for we are saved by grace through faith. The word grace is charis. It means unmerited favor. You can volunteer a million hours a year. You can give a billion dollars to philanthropic work and die without Jesus and end up going to hell and gasoline draws. But you can place your faith in Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8, 1, 2, 8 through 10 says this, for we are saved by grace through faith. For it is not by works that any man should boast. And we are God's workmanship. From, so from the place of salvation, we begin to do the work that Jesus has called us to do. Not for salvation, but because we've been transformed and because we are saved. And so it goes on to say this. I need you to stay on my verse. EJ, I love you. Please stay on my verse. Because of your faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Where is Peter or Simon? He's in the middle of the miracle of God. And it was not based on what he did, but it was all based on the love of God through Jesus Christ. He's in the middle of what he does not deserve. And it says it here, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Can I, I just want to deposit this into your heart. There is more glory in your story. There is more glory in your life. There is more blessing, more calling, more impact, more freedom, more resource, more connections that are waiting your life. All because of what Jesus has done on the cross for your faith. There's more glory in your story. I'm grateful that Jesus hit the mark for us and died for our imperfections. And now he gives us life and purpose eternal. It's okay to miss the mark. Get this in your heart this morning. It's okay to miss the mark. It's okay to be imperfect. God is still good and he still desires to bless your life. It's not okay to stay there but it's okay to get it wrong sometimes because that's where the grace of God is in your life. It's when you get it wrong, he lifts you up, he picks you up, and he pushes you forward. And that's why Jesus died. It's okay. It's okay. Luke 5 says here, verse 10 through 11. It says, his partners, James, John, And the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I love it because this is the essence of the love of God. God doesn't want you to approach him in fear, but to approach him knowing that you're loved. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. From now on, you're going to have influence that you could never imagine. 
as you follow me, as you trust me. And he says this, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. Thank God is calling some of you this morning to leave everything and follow him. Third point of, of encouragement this morning is you're just right for Jesus. You are just right for Jesus. So you remember the story I said I was going to tell you, right? <laughs> so we were at a baseball game yesterday. It was Jay's uh, semifinals. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm watching Judah. He, as, as always, he's all over the place. And he's doing great. He's playing with kids. Matter of fact, he was really bullying this little kid, and it broke my heart. But um, the kid was actually being a punk. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you got to discipline. You're, Come on, you're a pastor. You didn't say punk. I said punk. He was a punk, okay? And so I actually ended up disciplining uh, Judah for his, his maliciousness. And so Kyra was watching the game, and they were doing phenomenal. Jay's team was down four to seven. They were at the bottom of the last inning of the game, and this was the semifinal. They lost, they go home, they win, they go into the championship. So Judah has peed, I'm sorry, peed, whatever, peed two times already. And he says, Daddy, pee-pee, pee-pee, pee-pee. I say, okay, let's go back over to our tree. And so he go, we go back over to his tree, let us, you know, do, doing his thing. And I'm like, man, finish up. What are you doing? And he's like, he's straining a little bit. Sorry for the graphics. And um, I'm, I'm pulling his pull-up back up, and I smell something. I'm like, and I check his, I open his pull-up in the back, and would you know it, my thumb is the first victim. <laughs> and so all this noise for the game going on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's great. And um, I didn't, I cut my nails uh, this morning. So I had nail yesterday and it was just all up in there. And I said, I said, Kyra, get over here. Kyra, come here. What, babe? What? I said, what, what is that? What is that? I said, I know it's poop. She said, I'll see you later, babe. I'm going to catch the game. I'm like, get, get to the trunk. Pop the trunk open. I said, man, how you going to poop right now? He's just sucking his thumb. <laughs> and so you hear all this holler, yeah, go, 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 go. Ah, go. And I'm changing them. And I got to change you. And, and you know, if you're a parent, you've changed the diaper before, poopy diaper. The, the, the whole goal and the intent is to get them nice and clean everywhere you got to do that and to get that diaper that pull up into a nice ball. Because before I changed them, I'm sitting here cleaning out my nail with, with a wipe. Mm, I need some soap, cleaning it out. Got my nail clean, changed him. And the whole intent is to get that nice, perfect ball, right? So you can throw that sucker in the trash. Would you know it? That as I was getting the ball together, my thumb. <laughs> and by this time, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay's crying. They've come back because what has happened in the game, they were down 4-7, bottom of the last inning, and they hit a grand slam. So they win the game. Wow, right? Yeah. They, they win, the, and God was teaching me something. In the moment, I couldn't see it because I was angry. Pick this up now. God will teach you something in the moment, but you can't see it because you're angry. 
So I was able to go back and review this message before preaching it. That's not the message. I'm almost done. Before preaching it and say, man, you were teaching me something. I need to tell this story tomorrow. But anyway, and so Kyra's crying. Jay's crying. They're about to go into the championship game in a half an hour on the big boy field. It was a great thing. We were going, parents were getting pizza and getting donuts because they had to eat before the next game. And I am over here, what they call 38 hot. I am livid. But in this moment, it's like, what do you do? Do, do, you, do you clean your baby? Like, or, or do you simultaneously, or simultaneously do you celebrate your oldest child? So I'm, I'm, I'm ticked off, yes, because of all this that's going on. But I'm also more upset because I missed this experience with my oldest boy. And as he's coming to me crying and, and smiling and celebrating, I'm like, Lord, I hope my countenance is, is right because I want him to know that what he just did is significant in my life. And I, I know it wasn't right because they say it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And my face was tight. Like, and so um, at this point, I feel like a failure. I feel like a failure. I'm not because of missing Jay. At this point, I feel like a failure because I was upset with Judah, upset with my wife, and I missed out on being celebratory with Jaziel. And I felt like a failure. And as I was reviewing this message, God reminded me, he said, this is a good place to put this story, but now I need to remind you that on Thursday night, you were out with three guys from your church. And... We had a great time. One guy paid for the meal. And uh, there came a point in our discussion where they all agreed. They said, Pastor, had it not been for you moving here, I don't know where my life would be. They understood where they were headed. But the fact that God said, you know what? Imperfect father, imperfect husband, imperfect pastor. I need to place you in a place where there are imperfect people who needs to understand and know that the grace of God still works in an imperfect leader because they need you. They need you. Come on. They need you. And so I told them, I said, look, um, it's only because of what Jesus has done that I'm able to be present in your life. And I just want to encourage you. I don't know if you're on fire for Christ or any of that. You should be. I mean, he died for you. It's that um, it doesn't matter how broken you are. God is calling you out because there's a world out there that needs hope. There's a, there's a single mom. There's a millionaire who's on the verge of of suicide. There's someone who's now going through a rough divorce. They need your experience, your wisdom. There's a child that's being sexually abused that needs you. You may have been a victim of that, but the healing power and the hand of Jesus, you've come out of that. They need you. Yes, you, the mark misser. They need, they need you. 
Don't be afraid of how broken you are. People need your story. They need your wisdom. They need your experience. They need your presence. So they would have the chance to encounter the God of miracles. They need you. No matter who you are, you're just right for Jesus. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise this morning. Hey, I want to, um, man, you know, like, I, like we were saying earlier, we've all missed the mark. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And uh, if you need forgiveness and if you need salvation this morning, I want you to bow your head with me right now all across the church. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And if that be you, you've never given your heart to Jesus. Today is your day to receive salvation and a new start and a new beginning. I'm going to pray this prayer. And at the end of the prayer, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand. Father God, I love you. I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Jesus, thank you so much for instructing me this morning. Thank you, Jesus, so much for hitting the mark, even though all my life I've missed the mark. Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of every sin. Lord, I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. I receive your grace. I receive your healing. Father, give me purpose that's bigger than me. May I be the one who serves those who are just as broken as me. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. And I believe that one day I'm going to see you again. Lord, I give you my heart. In Jesus' name, amen.